Nikhil Alexander, your betting dork, pregame.com. We're the spot, pregame, the place to be, all your top betting information. And I'm not just talking about pregame pros. I am talking about the stellar contributions made day after day, really hour after hour, sometimes minute after minute, by pregame forum members. Want to dedicate the show today to the pregame forum members out there that have been so kind to me, and of course beyond that, all this time at pregame. But I definitely want to shout out a whole bunch of folks. I'm going to just start rattling off some names at the top of my head, and if I do end up forgetting you today, and I just need to preface it, here's the disclaimer at the top. If I forget you today, please forgive me. It's an oversight on my part. And it's just that I'm doing it off the top of my head. So if I somehow leave you out, it is not my intention to do so. But I want to shout out a whole bunch of pregame forum members. And today, we haven't done this before, and it's probably not going to happen again. But as a sort of tribute to the pregame forum members, I want to do the audio version of today's MLB pregame thread that I did. Just give you my thoughts on all of today's game, one of which will probably have already uh, gone off. Probably the uh, Cardinals-Phillies game will have already started by the time you hear this podcast. But we'll talk about all the other ball games that are on the board today in baseball. Um, By the way, TPC kicked off this morning the Tournament Players Championship, the fifth major, uh, in most people's opinions, uh, in golf. My pick to win it is Dustin Johnson. We'll see if that happens. Um, Dustin Johnson, a threat to win any tournament he enters. And I just have this feeling about old DJ in this tournament, but we'll see. Um, Tournament has gotten off this morning. And then basketball tonight, very small uh, slate. In fact, it doesn't get much smaller than just one game, although I guess zero would qualify, but one Ball game tonight. It is game two of the Eastern Conference semifinals between the Hawks and the Magic. Although now that I say that, someone should probably tell the Hawks <laughs> that the series has already started. Magic are nine point favorites in that game. Uh, Dwight Howard averaged 21 points and 16.8 rebounds a game against the Hawks during their four game series this year. Um, for the Magic, that is. The Magic won three out of four of those games during the regular season, and he went 21-12 and 12 in game one of this series and really didn't have to do much, you know, wasn't really taxed, didn't have to play the full game. So, anyway, I don't know that the Hawks have any answers for the Magic. The Magic, the only team in the NBA playoffs that are 5-0, and haven't dropped a game in the NBA playoffs, and I have no reason to suspect that they don't cover here tonight. None. Though I'm not making an official play because I never do in the NBA this season. But um, if there's ever a team that dominates another in this playoffs, this is the matchup that the Magic would hope for, for sure. No answer for Dwight Howard. Um, So let's talk about four members, shall we? Let's do it. I have been the beneficiary of of the greatest pregame forum crowd, almost to a man, almost to a man uh, at pregame.com. Now, I am told by Vegas Runner, for instance, he says to me, he says, Gilly, you, you wouldn't believe what it was like here a year ago. Wasn't anything like this. And what RJ and Marco on down 
have been able to do at pregame.com is really establish a community that only has the sharpest betters who all get it, who all want to be here to share information, who all want everybody to win. It's not about bringing people down. It's about bringing people up, winning bets. And so that I tip my hat to everybody. Let me just name some off the top of my head. I'll start with STL Sharp, who was kind enough to be on this podcast last week. Sharp baseball better. Always a guy who provides information to the forum, wants to win. Generous guy. Big shout out to STL Sharp. And again, thanks for being on the show. Um, But some others who have just been baseball strong. And I hope I'm saying this correctly. It's always funny with uh, forum IDs. Dave Essler, I believe that is, I hope I'm saying that correctly. Dave has been a strong contributor during this baseball season to the pregame forums, and Dave has really done well here in the early baseball season. So big shout to Dave, and thanks to him for always stopping by. Another David who goes by David TN23, um, always in my thread, hate to be selfish about this one, um, and I know uh, follows me on Twitter as well. So, David, I really appreciate everything you're doing and great contributions to pregame.com. Fresh baseball gangster early in the year. No Limit, who I talk to or I convert or I, I have conversations with on the pregame forum or exchanges, I should say, that even go beyond daily baseball betting. Really love when No Limit's in there. Will Cashman who has um who's who has just been the greatest guys battling some issues um that he has to deal with on a daily basis but always finds the time for the pregame forums will big shout to you love you um midnight football snakeonia hope i'm saying that right who uh, also hit me up on twitter all the time just consistent pregame forum shout you know uh, members who contribute so much and again just want to acknowledge everybody by name base winner who contributes to this podcast every wednesday morning for the sabermetric show goes without saying base winner's my dude uh elijah 83 s duck 45 or maybe san diego uck 45 i have no idea but a shout to you, Johnny D18, Killer Goats, X086, always very kind on the pregame forums. Anyway, if I forget about you, again, I apologize. Some new guys, Tommy Tex, BSIL464, the list goes on and on. I do want to shout the pros, too, uh, who have been so kind to stop by. Hook is always there. Doc Watson, Tony George, who also left something this morning, very, uh, very generous with his thoughts on the pregame forum, pregame forum wide, not just in my daily thread. Good fella, uh, Spartan, who apparently has a knee injury that he's dealing with right now. So big shout to Spartan. Hope he feels better. And of course, Dan Beebe himself, uh, just a good man. I have no idea where on planet Earth he is right now, but I trust he will be back safe and sound in front of his podcast microphone starting Monday morning. So check out. Today in sports betting, once again, I don't know if it starts back this weekend, but I'm pretty sure it definitely starts back by Monday. So check out uh, Today in Sports Betting with Dan. And of course, RJ on down. RJ, Marco, VR, everybody. Just been tremendous. And so I just want to say all that to say I read everything everybody does. And I think all the pregame pros, we read everything. 
that gets written on the forums. And I know, speaking for myself, and I think this goes, you know, this is consistent with everybody else, we try to respond with a reasonable amount of town, in a reasonable amount of time, if you don't hear back, you know, if you you ask me a direct question, or if you ask anybody on the pregame forums a direct question, you'll pretty much get a response. I know for me, I'll just speak for myself. I pretty much guarantee I'll get back to you if you ask me something directly within an hour, and sometimes immediately, because I'm pretty much on there all the time. So if you, you know, ask something directly, or if you make a shout, not only am I reading it, but I'm either acknowledging that I'm going to respond or I'm going to respond right there and then. So never think, I hope that you never think that you're writing something and it's going up into the, you know, universe never to be acknowledged. We're all reading stuff. And if, and to that extent, if there has been stuff in the past that um, any of us and specifically me again, has not acknowledged or responded to directly, believe me, it is based on, just somehow not seeing it by happenstance as opposed to seeing it and saying, well, I'm not responding to that person. It's not like that here. That's the beauty of pregame.com. And that is why um, just such an attractive community to everyone, not everyone, there's always going to be one or two, but to 99% of the folks who come here and get it and contribute, just a great thing. So with that in mind, I thank you. Just wanted to shout out a whole bunch of folks. Let's talk about today's baseball slate of games. 15, it's the full schedule of baseball today. And like I said, one of them is probably already uh, started by the time you get to this podcast. And that's the Cardinals and the Phillies game. As a matter of fact, it's probably just starting right now. Um, But today, Major League Baseball, full schedule of games. And I will essentially, this is sort of the the audio pocket version of, of the thread today. And let's start it off with, uh, I just want to get to the proper thread since I don't have it on my screen. That was probably something I should have had up. Um, but let's start it out beyond. Well, let's start with this Phillies Cardinals game since it's just starting. Cardinals are minus 220 in this game, as you know. Oh, excuse me, Phillies. Excuse me. Phillies are minus 220 in this game with Roy Halladay on the mound. Quite frankly, they ought to be minus 220. You know, I mean, this is one of those lines where you're like, yeah, I sort of get it. Minus 220 is not always outrageous. Um, let me make sure that's minus 220 right now as I check the uh, as I check the lines. Minus 215 right now, excuse me. It's come down just a uh, just a touch right there. But, um, you know, that's where it's supposed to be. Kyle uh, Loge has been great this year. Uh, just gave up one earned run on five hits and seven innings pitch last time against Cincinnati. Two, uh, two straight quality starts. But for whatever reason, Loesch is really good or has really been good at Bush Stadium this year in St. Louis. Um, but when he goes on the road, somehow it flusters him and he's not quite the same pitcher. So that's another thing to sort of factor into your capping today on that game. If you were thinking, if you had the notion of fading Roy Halliday, which I suggest you do not, but if you did, um, that's something to sort of throw in there and be like, all right, well, maybe not. Halliday, as I pointed out on the thread today, uh, five and one, one point four seven ERA this season. Three complete games, two of them shutouts. Um, leads the MLB in wins. 
I mean, he leads Major League Baseball in wins, in shutouts, complete games, innings pitched with 49, strikeout to walk ratio is 9.7. He's fourth in strikeouts with 39. Yeah. And by the way, to those who are, who are thinking to themselves, you know, maybe I take the, the uh, Phillies in a run line. Yeah, you know, they're a home team. Again, we've discussed this. If, if you, some people might still do it. I'm just not one of them. I just don't like taking a team where I'm only going to get eight innings strong versus nine if I happen to be ahead. Because again, in that ninth, you know, if I come in with a two-run lead and somebody gets on with a flare into the short, you know, just over the, the second baseman's glove, well, then fielder's indifference could let them get to second and then just another, you know, single and I lose my bet even if I win by a run. Because again, the Phillies aren't thinking about my run line bet. So, just my thoughts on that game. That game's underway right now. Um, I'm just going to go through them as I see them on my thread. And again, forgive, today's the only day we're going to do this, but again, an audio version, sort of a tribute to all that have contributed to the forums, sort of giving the audio version. Maybe I can add in some nuggets to all these games that are coming up this evening. So let's start. Royals at the Texas Rangers, and I will give you the updated lines as I see them uh, at this moment. Royals are at plus 140 in this game. Texas Rangers with Harrison on the mound, minus 150. And, you know, uh, the Royals always, you know, I guess plus 140 is somewhat tempting for sure here in this situation because Davies has certainly been solid in his last two outings. Quality. As always, Royals have actually won four out of the five ball games in which he started. But the Royals are averaging 2.6 runs per game over the course of their last seven. And 2.6 runs a game, the fact that I know that going in, that's just not enough for me to want to take a flyer on plus 140. Because if you're only getting that many runs, I mean, you got to expect, just as a sort of baseline, it's not outlandish to think that the Rangers get three runs against Davies or otherwise. It's still a quality start for Davies, even if he gives up three runs in six innings. I can't back a team that's averaging 2.6 runs a game. And the Rangers at minus 150, that's too much to lay on Harrison today for sure. Blue Jays at the White Sox, Eveland against Danks. John Danks is too strong to fade, and this is a little bit too expensive to even consider um, backing the White Sox here as a favorite. It's at minus 175 right now as I look at it right now, so it's coming down a little. But again, still too expensive, even though Danks, you know, has been phenomenal. Even, you know, even the other day in his last start against the Yankees, he reportedly did not have his best stuff, and he still was pretty good. Um, five innings, gave up two earned runs, and again, the big stat with Danks, he's given up two earned runs or fewer in each of his first five outings this year. And if you know that, again, one of these things where if you know that going in, you're like, well, I mean, as a Tor- if I were to be a Toronto backer, I'd have to buck that. I'm not putting down my money to try to buck that. It's just not close to being the most solid bet on the board, in my humble opinion. Again, all of this, just opinion. I could be talking a bunch of hooey. By the way, I don't think I've ever said hooey before in my life until this moment. Orioles, Twins, Ferguson, Pavano. 
Don't even think about taking the Orioles. Bergeson's not good. Bergeson is not good. Last game against uh, the Red Sox was actually his best start of the year by far when he gave up four in runs and five innings pitched. But overall on the season, 18 earned runs in 15 and a third. Um, yeah. The Twins at home, that lineup against Bergeson, and you already know going in that Bergeson gives up more than a run per inning that he pitches. Yeah, okay. Forget about it. Don't even think about it. Twins um, in that game are at, I'm trying to get you the update here, they're at minus 210 right now are the Twins. In a run line, they are at, you know, minus 110, your standard VIG, giving a run and a half. That I might consider. But again, they're a home run line team, and I just don't like doing that. So, you know, I'm just saying for you run line betters out there, who just love run lines and just want to do it no matter what, I might consider it if I were in your frame of mind. But I'm not. Um, I just don't like run line home teams again. But I do like if you're if you're putting a gun to my head and you're saying, do you like the Twins better in a run line or do you like the Cardinals, excuse me, the Phillies better in a run line, I'd probably say Twins, quite frankly. But it's not official. I don't do run lines. Let's establish that again, especially for the home team. I don't do home team run lines, let's say that. All right, Braves at Nationals. This one is tempting. Braves are, and again, I'll get you the update here. Braves were at minus 30 last, minus 130 last night when I first put this up. It's pretty much there right now. Might tick up to minus 135, depending on what book uh, you play at. Hudson and Olsen. Hudson owns this Nats franchise. 8-1 and one with a 1.55 ERA lifetime against this franchise and he is allowed and again the audio version of the thread here if you aren't able to get into the forums this morning Hudson has allowed one earned run or fewer in 10 of those outings and he's only given up more than two earned runs against the Nats one time in all of those outings so the Nats at plus 120 plus 125 to me there's no play on the Nats because I'm bucking that Hudson trend and you're only giving me back plus 125. Forget it. There's no value in that to me. Just trying to give you sort of some insight on how I try to think through these as a capper. Now, the Braves are worth a look because you say, oh, man, I got Hudson going. He owns these guys. But the thing with the Braves is that they just lost eight in a row. And I know they beat the Nats yesterday. But I don't want to have this short-term memory thing happening. I know how much they've been struggling at the plate before that. I'm going to let the Braves do this one more time. And what I mean do this is score some runs consistently one or two more times before I put my money behind the Braves is all I'm thinking. So, again, it's another pass. These are all passes thus far. Cubs at Pittsburgh, I've been a broken record, as I said in the, in the thread. I've been a broken record about this series each and every game, these lines have generally, no matter what the pitchers have been, and today it's Wells against Burris, but no matter who the pitchers have been in this series, it's essentially been Cubs around minus 140, Pirates around plus 130, give or take a nickel here and there, in each and every one of these games. And in each and every one of these games, to me, there's no value on each side because the Cubs are just a little too expensive at that price, even against the Pirates. 
And the Pirates aren't nearly giving me enough reward to risk my dollar on them. And you think, well, Gil, why wouldn't you fade? I mean, let's go back to that Cubs comment. Why are they too expensive? I actually think, you know, even if you think, oh, the Cubs will win this many, you know, this percentage of times against the Pirates, I actually don't think it's too expensive. Yeah, I kind of do. I'm just, that's just my capping. Again, it's just my opinion. And yesterday, sure enough, Charlie Morton beats the Cubs. Good Lord. All I'm saying is I'd rather play elsewhere. We're not action junkies. We want to play the games that we believe we have edges on. I'm looking for an edge. Here's another game where I don't feel there's an edge. The Giants at the Marlins. Matt Cain, Ricky Nolasco. Sure, Nolasco did not look good in his last start, but he's not worried. Reportedly, after the game, he's like, yeah, I just didn't have it today. But I'm not worried. And you know what? I'm not worried either if he's not worried. I believe him. Matt Cain's dynamite. But again, is there a distinct advantage betting here? Like, can I sit here and say, oh, I know the Giants are going to win this one. I mean, I never know in any game, right? But do I have a gut feel? I don't even have any ability to discern an advantage on either side. And by the way, the, the line kind of reflects that. Um, the line right now is, by the way, that Cubs line went way up. I should say that Cubs line went from minus that Cubs line this morning is at minus 175 and the Pirates are at plus 165. You start to think Pirates now as it's getting up to that number, but it's still not quite where I want it to be. Sort of an update on that line. As far as the Giants and the Marlins, that one's not going anywhere. Um, Giants are at plus 110, Marlins at minus 120 with Nolasco on the mound. Yeah, again, you know, I just don't, no discernible advantage. Angels and Red Sox. Now, this is an interesting ballgame. Kazmir against Dice K. Updated lines. Angels are at plus 115, and the Red Sox at minus 125. That line hasn't gone anywhere since last night. Or has it? Yeah, it's gone 10 cents. Basically, moving towards more of a toss-up in terms of the line. Casimir looks better and better every time he's on the mound. Dice K looks just as shaky as he did last year in his debut against Baltimore. He was really good in the minors this year. And then he gets to the big leagues. He had a couple, few good innings against the Orioles. Then he just got shelled. So you say to yourself, well, what do you play? Are you playing the upward-trending Casimir or and want to fade Dice K because he's so shaky? And I think about it, but then I'm like, well, the Angels have lost six straight, and by the way, the Angels look like Crapola. That's right, Crapola. So again, this is one of those games where I'm tempted, but it's just like I think about it, and I'm, I don't know, I'm not going to... How would I feel? that You always ask yourself, how do you feel going into a game? I like to ask myself this question. And I think we all do this as, as betters. I know I've got this team. I know I've thought it through. But there's also this feeling you have as you go into these games. How would I feel back in the Angels when this first pitch is thrown? And my hunch is I'm going to be like, oh, no. Here we go. What have I done? I don't like it. I don't like it. And I'm certainly not back in Dice K either. Brewers at the Dodgers. 
Um, Bush, real good last time out against the Padres. I don't know if it's Ely or Ellie for the Dodgers, the Rook, who gave up five earned runs on six hits and six innings pitched in his debut against the Mets. Thing about the Dodgers' uh, Rook, Ely, or Ellie, again, he gave up four extra base hits in that game. And that sort of makes you think, this dude is going to get raked if he makes any mistakes. Raked, especially by a Brewers offense, going to get raked. So then you're like, well, Brewers, let me get you the updated line on that. You're like, Brewers, that's a play on the Brewers, right? They're plus 115, and they still are. Yeah, not so much. Because I remember Bush, before that last game, just getting pounded. So I'm not touching it. All of these games, passes. Every single one of those games that I just went through, passes. And how many games did we just go through? Real quick. One, two, we just went through nine ball games. They're all passes. Again, it's an 11, it wasn't a 15-game field. I'm sorry, it was an 11-game field today. My bad. But every day when you cap a baseball schedule, the job is really to just figure out what game or games, if any, there could be days where there's zero. I've certainly had days where I've only picked one a couple times this year. Sometimes there's just no value on the board. Today, I believe there's value in two ball games. And they're kind of late-ish. Well, one of them's the late game in Seattle. But here are the two games I love. Love the Diamondbacks today at the Astros. Dan Heron on the mound for the D-backs. Wandy Rodriguez on the mound for the Astros, a pitcher that I definitely respect. By the way, that line, one of the few times this year, if I may say, I mean, one of the consistent things with, with uh, the thread that I've been doing is that I do it the night before. And win or lose, ultimately, I'm ahead of 80 to 90% of the lines I play. So that's the one thing I think you can count on with my thread, just sheer by timing and sheer by just capping work. But today that Diamondbacks uh, spread, actually, I didn't get it as favorably. So in a rare occurrence, the Diamondbacks spread is now even, the line is even down now. So you can get the Diamondbacks at about minus 125. I had it at minus 130 last night. For my official purposes, it will remain at minus 130. But you can get the Diamondbacks as low as about minus 122 some places right now. Here's why I like Dan Heron. And again, there's a bit of a perception this year that Heron's not nearly been as good as last year early, which is true. But that, in my opinion, it seems to be a little exaggerated. Yes, he had that one terrible outing a couple of starts ago. But last time out against the Cubs, dude had the stomach flu, and he still had a quality start. The start before that, you know, typical Heron, against a great lineup in the Rockies, eight innings pitched, just gave up two runs, earned runs on five hits, 10 Ks. And he pitches very well against the Astros. 2.66 ERA in his last three versus Houston. And here's the thing with Heron this year, and this should never be underestimated in the National League. If you have a legitimate hitting pitcher, that is such a huge advantage. And Dan Heron is batting, you ready for this? 500 this year. He's 9 for 18. Dan Heron is 9 for 18 at the plate this year. 
couple doubles. Even got called into pinch hit once this year. So he is getting it done at the plate as well, sort of making up for a shaky outing or a shaking outing and a half. Rodriguez is good, don't get me wrong. Two earned runs or fewer he's given up in each of his last three starts. Three earned runs or fewer in four out of his five starts this year. But the D-backs kill him. 8.78 ERA in his last three versus Arizona. Career ERA over five and a half runs per game against the D-backs. I love the value on Arizona here. With that offense... Again, even at the price I got at minus 130, and you can get it for just a tick less now. D-backs, to me, a lot of value in that team. Again, more than the nine games I previously discussed, just so much inherent value in the D-backs based on what we've just been talking about in that game. And the other team, to me, that has a lot of value today are the Tampa Bay Rays. This game is held tight at minus 140. Jeff Neiman on the mound for the Rays. And the Aussie, Roland Smith, on the hill for the Mariners. Here's the thing with Neiman. Dude works quick. Works very quick. 13.6 pitches per inning. It's the lowest in the American League. So we can pretty much count on him going deep into a game. By the way, you can say that about a lot of the Rays pitchers. Shields and Garza lead to ma- leap to mind. I mean, the Rays just the best team in baseball, period every which way you look at it. And it starts with, quite frankly, how deep these starters go into ball games. Against the Royals last time on Friday, Neiman gave up just one earned run on three hits. I mean, that's three hits in seven innings against the Royals. Opposing batters, batting average against him this year, 206. Now, Roland Smith is a better pitcher at Safeco than he is elsewhere. And the reason is is because he's a fly ball pitcher, and he lets that Seattle defense make plays for him. 69 fly balls versus 32 ground balls, as I mentioned in the thread, Roland Smith has induced this year. Nine out of, he has only struck out. Give you an idea how he's a pitch-to-contact pitcher. Only nine of the 127 batters he's faced this year have has he struck out? Nine out of 127. So dude is not striking out anybody. Certainly not on the Rays, the most patient, disciplined offense in baseball. And the Rays are 11-1 and one on the road. 11-1 and one on the road. I think I read this yesterday, although don't hold me to this, but I think if they go 12-1 and one on the road, which I believe they will do tonight, in my opinion... I think that's like the best road start in baseball in like a quarter century. You also have Seattle Seattle coming off a game in which they dropped to the Rays last night in which Cliff Lee was on the mound, so they had hoped to get that win. They did not. Milton Bradley missed yesterday's games. He may have to miss this one as well. The reason? Emotional stress due to personal issues. Milton Bradley, everybody. So he may not play. Jack Wilson, which would be a big blow to the Mariners' defense if he's not able to go. He had to leave the game with knee tightness yesterday's game. Knee tightness. 
Have you ever had a tight knee before? That's crazy. Sorry, I can't go. My knee is tight. What the? Anyway, again, as someone who who thinks that the Rays have value, just another little tidbit to be like, okay, well, that's cool. I mean, maybe he does play, but I know he's got knee tightness. That can't hurt either. And here's the thing. Seattle just does not hit the ball out of the park. Least home runs in the majors. Gutierrez hit a home run last night. It was only the Mariners' 10th of the whole season. Again, worst in the majors. So with Neiman on the mound, again, that's not our biggest concern. The long ball, not a major concern. Anyway, all those things stack up to me to put value in the raise at a relatively cheap price of minus 140. So those are your two plays for all those reasons. D-backs at minus 125-ish right about now. I got it at minus 130. And the Rays, minus 140 against Seattle. The D-backs, of course, playing at Houston. The Rays at Seattle. D-backs and Rays, the two picks in baseball today. It's the audio version of the pregame thread. And again, shout out to all the pregame forum members that I mentioned. And to those beyond who I forgot, and forgive me for forgetting, who have been just tremendous at pregame.com. Gil Alexander, Vegas runner on the show tomorrow. Going to talk about everything going on Friday night, as well as throughout the weekend. Our big Friday show, as always. Love having VR on. That's the show tomorrow, and I will talk to you then. Oh,